0: Welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, The Darkest Timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and Ulrich isn't here uh, because he's not actually here physically, but I brought Wretched in to talk about a movie that me and him went and saw a couple days ago because he's in town visiting me, and we went and saw the movie Upgrade, but before we get into it, why don't you say hi, Wretched? How's it going? Yeah, uh, Richard's visiting me in the city. We're eating tons of crap food, watching lots of Brooklyn Nine Nine, and watching a, a, you know a lot of movies. So, uh, since you're the guest, why don't you kick us off? What are your uh, well, give us a you know brief overview of the movie Upgrade, which I personally enjoyed. I know you enjoyed too.
1: Oh yeah, I uh, super enjoyed it. Uh, brief overview: um, guy and his wife living in a futuristic uh, city. Uh wife dies guy is injured and becomes a quadriplegic and gets something that makes him not and for spoiler free what is that something uh a small microchip that is linked between his brain and his spinal cord that uh that microchip is called
0: stem and anyone who hasn't seen the trailer uh what well, the the interesting thing about it is not only does it let him you know, not be a quadriplegic anymore, but it has its own mind and talks to him. And, you know, because it's an AI, it does things all, like, perfectly. So, uh, you know, it's got the whole HAL 9000 kind of vibe going on with how it talks in a very monotone voice, but it's actually pretty good comedy because, like, the first real action sequence, and anyone who saw the trailer, you know this, but STEM can, if given permission, take over and operate the body autonomously and so he's fighting this guy who's choking him and stems like, you know, let me take over. And so the the guy named Gray is like, "Okay, go ahead." And then the body starts kicking ass, but the head, which is still in the guy's control, is like just watching it happen. And it's really trippy,
1: which is one of the best parts of the movie, like the core the choreography for those fight scenes and how like surgical they are versus the actor's face while it's going on is absolutely hilarious. Like, when he's taking the plates and smashing the first guy around, and just yeah. this look of horror constantly. It
0: it also helps that the the camera is, like, moving kind of, like, perfectly in sync with his body. So it creates this weird effect of, like, you as the audience kind of feel the awkwardness that he might feel, you know, having this this... The situation where his body's moving on its own, although by the second or third action sequence he's actually into it and starts like cracking kind of jokes about it. it's pretty neat.
1: oh yeah, he and obviously, you know that's just human nature, right? because he's he's starting to kind of get used to how things are working and is getting a little bit more of a connection to stem, right? Yeah, it it doesn't or it certainly helps because uh, Marquis joined us for this movie too, and he
0: pointed out that because we're human beings and we'll basically form a pack with anything and humanize anything, we as the audience start to really like well like STEM. He's got this you know kind of dry humor because it's a you know um, art it's a machine, but his interactions with Gray are very endearing and very funny.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely, and especially like just the little scenes and the big thing that uh that helps us build that as well as the way that it's done like with how much stem seems to be willing to help him in trying to find the people that killed his wife right like yeah oh and it's definitely like so it's funny because i've heard a few reviewers refer to that as
0: only really cliche story a lot of movies have this concept of a guy watches his wife gets killed goes on a revenge quest to you know find the people <laughs> find the people who murdered his wife but the whole concept of having you know this being inside his brain and these action sequences where he's not actually control his body like those are really you know the the reason to see the movie largely and that's what they show in the trailer the setting because you've got a you know future technology is and i can't think of a better way to explain this
1: but it's very blade runner-ish
0: did you get that feeling
1: oh yeah definitely it it did feel... Because it's not like it's so far in the future that it's ridiculous, but it's more of that darker, gritty future. You know, like, the police have drones that are automated and people are chipped so that they can figure out who they are, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard a few other reviewers say that this movie is on a really low budget and it's done by the, the guy, written and directed by the guy who was behind like the first Saw movie. So apparently he's good at doing a lot on a small budget because I didn't notice, like I did not once while I was watching the movie think that this was on a low budget. Like the effects that do happen, like the technology in people's eyes and like how the, you know, the drones look and stuff, like it all seemed very appropriate. None of it seemed cheap to me.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Like the, uh, the surgery scene was super interesting. Like how they had the, uh, the doctor looking at his spine and what the doctor was looking at, I don't know if you noticed, but also on the, the monitor when they start showing the spine, when they're attaching stem, as the doctor's eyes were moving, the the monitor was moving as well, which was super interesting to me. Oh, no,
0: I didn't notice that at all. I was uh, To be fair, the second they showed the scalpel going to that guy's back, uh, I mean, I've seen that kind of stuff in medical shows before, but something about how it was shot and showing all the flesh... And I don't know cartilage, whatever you want to call that, it was very unnerving,
1: yeah it's just one of those like little things that I noticed and I thought was really interesting, like really uh really gives you that immersion, right,
0: yeah, well, like I said, the whole setting was very very real, like like you said, it doesn't feel like it's so far in the future that it's unreasonable, it's just far enough in the future to facilitate the technology that. Is happening, and of course, because it's that kind of story, our main character Gray. Before the whole wife thing, you find out that he's a guy who doesn't like people putting chips in their bodies. He doesn't have any in his own body. He rebuilds old vintage, like analog cars, essentially, because everyone else is driving self-drive or riding in self-driving cars. And he fixes up like a Firebird in the very first scene, and he sells into like you know high collectors and and stuff. So. We've got a very classic uh you know, person who is against the, the new technology being showcased in the story, being put in a situation where he can only be, for lack of a better term, saved by a far more advanced piece of technology than the ones he already rejects. So, you know, that that gives us a great like, you know, what does technolo- how does technology affect your life, how does technology affect society kind of thing going on, which is a little a little cliche, but it does it very well in this kind of setting.
1: Yeah, and I mean I feel like it's uh it does kind of tie into something that's a little bit more believable as well with like the way that it's kind of being used more as like a medical technology like for instance trying to avoid the little bit of spoilers right but some of the main bads right with the same kind of concept not quite as extensive as uh, stem but still pretty far up there yeah, like the
0: main bad guys all have guns like implanted into their arms so that they can just shoot a bullet out of their palms. And they all have the the super like cybernetic eyes too. It's, it's pretty neat. Although I will say that um someone points out to me, the, the the villain, um, he looks a lot like uh the brother from
1: Napoleon Dynamite. Did you catch that? Oh yeah, no. Like I swear that the villain like just got done doing uh doing like a golfing tour. Before he decided to take <laughs> on the job, right? Like,
0: yeah, no, no, that he was. It was weird because he was intimidating. It's just like he was intimidating because of what he said and how he went about what he was doing. But if you just see a picture of him, he looks like I don't know, like tech support.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he just had this this kind of aura like about him that made him intimidating. Like they just and his movements too were really interesting. Like because he had a very aggressive tone while also looking like someone that, you know, like anyone could run over. Yeah. So at this point, uh,
0: I feel like both of us can recommend this movie. It's, it's in my like top movies of the year I've seen so far. And if the idea of, um, you know, a sci-fi kind of thriller with that kind of like out there action piece, you know, sounds interesting to you. And if our words mean anything to you, then go see it. Cause we're about to delve into some spoilers which uh I will say the movie is like made elevated even better by stuff we can't talk about. So if you're interested at all, go see it. And if you've already seen it or don't care, then stick around so we can talk about the ending, which I think is so fantastic.
1: You. I mean, there's so many movies out there nowadays that have the happy ending because that's what the or you know the well that doesn't seem logical and the best part about this ending was not only does it like seem like something that could totally happen it's just such a no one i at least didn't see that coming at all and i'm usually pretty good at calling things out yeah so here, here's the thing to go into the total spoiler the movie
0: seems really predictable and in a way it, it is like if you, you um you find out near the end of the movie that the guy who basically put the experimental stem into his, you know, spine was the guy who set up the hit. And it seems like it's doing the whole, oh, he needed to have, you know, force someone who would do it so that he could circumvent, like, waiting years for human testing and stuff like that, right? So it's all going to this normal kind of conspiracy ending Then and of course, there's a cop that's like chasing Gray because the cops realize that Gray is murdering these people that killed his wife. But then we get to this ending where Gray, the main character in STEM, they um, they've at this point turned off all of the input guards to STEM so that STEM can't be remotely turned off, right? Because uh, that was attempted in the middle of the movie, and oh. Important thing, skip ahead, uh, skip back a little bit. While he was getting these input guards turned off, uh, he was getting done by this hacker, and there were a bunch of these people just like in virtual reality. And uh, the hacker makes a comment about how, you know, the real world is harder than the fictional world. Some people stay in these virtual spaces for like days on end. And Gray makes a comment how he'll never understand why someone would stay in a virtual reality. Anyway, foreshadowing. (laughs) <laughs> Cut ahead. So you're at the end of the movie. Gray is going to confront... I want to say it was Aaron was the yeah, boss guy? Yeah, Aaron was the name of the the boss, yes. All right, so so Gray's going to confront Aaron because he's found uh, like a voicemail that seemed to confirm that Aaron called out the hit. And the cop follows him there. And he gets there, and uh, Aaron says that he hasn't been in control of the company for years that actually stem has been and then it does some flashbacks show that stem uh basically set everything into motion because stem wanted a human body and that stem brought gray here so he could kill aaron so that aaron can't create another stem or anything else like him so then we've got the Cop and Aaron, both trying to and uh Gray all trying to stop stem, who's basically because they turned off all the input guards, doesn't require Gray's permission to control the body anymore, so like at one point uh Gray tries to has to stab his own hand to stop it, but then uh stem uses the knife through the hand to just slap Aaron basically and stab him in the head and kill him. And then he's trying to shoot the cop and Gray is trying to stop him. And Stem's like, if you keep trying to fight me then you're going to break. And uh, then it cuts like, it shows them fighting and then uh, Gray manages to pull the gun up to his neck and just shoot himself in the neck. Right? Which up to that point seemed like I mean, already, I I hadn't expected STEM to be in control, everything. I expected Aaron to be behind it, but I would still not be surprised if people predicted STEM being in control. But then here's where it gets, like, really crazy. It cuts to Gray waking up in a hospital bed, and his wife is there, and she's like, you know, you've been out for a couple days, you know, when in his mind it's been like three months, I think is what it was. And so for a moment, I'm sitting there like, Is this really a... It was all a dream story? Because I'm going to be really pissed off. But then it cuts back to the room where he's got the gun on the police officer and she's like, please don't do it. And then Gray's voice comes out all mechanical and and he's like, Grey isn't here. I needed his mind to break. And he broke it. He's now going to live living in a fantasy that's much better than reality. (laughs) And then he just shoots the, the cop and walks away. Stem now fully in control of the body, and that's the end of the fucking movie.
1: And, like, having having kind of, like, looked back at it, I you could probably definitely call this ending uh, with some of the little things that they're doing, like how he keeps having dreams about his wife, and then the initial one where, like, she touches his arm, and he wakes up, right? And then starts seeing her here and there, just to kind of tip him towards that edge, which I thought was just amazing cuz it's just those little tiny things that didn't need to be big or anything like haha this is coming but it was just enough to kind of steer you in the oh that could happen right
0: yeah but it's like that ending just was like like four twists in a row that like i feel personally even if you could predict up to you know stem being in charge of everything uh, if someone told me they predicted stem Taking over the body by forcing Gray into the virtual reality. I could believe it, but I would be impressed because they did lay the foundation for it. They hinted at it, but I feel like they did a good, like you know, magic trick about distracting, you know, the entire time to, to keep you focused on something else. So that when the time it happened, you know, we were in the theater and, you know, that's an ending that's made to be, you know, like, the bad guy, quote-unquote, wins. The good guy loses. And we all caught up in the theater and was looking at you like, wow. I think Marquis' exact words were, this made me feel bad, but in the a you know, good way.
1: Well, I mean, and you can kind of understand that because I, I don't know if he necessarily lost, because Gray, like, beats the bad, right? Now what? Like, my wife's dad. Well, like, well, that's exactly what's interesting. I about- got the revenge. Like, nothing. Like, there's Go back to fixing cars like well i mean that's the
0: classic matrix thing right like we find out stem is evil and stem gets to win he gets a body and gray is now living in essentially a virtual reality that stem created for him where his wife is alive again and yeah that's a happier ending for him but is it a good ending for him it's it's a good like kind of debate i think
1: oh yeah definitely i I mean the it all comes down to, like, what, what is Stem going to do now that he has a body, right? Because apparently he's uh, crafty enough to play people like chess pieces without actually having one in the first place, so...
0: Yeah, it does seem like... The the movie doesn't portray Stem as, like, a Skynet situation. Like, we don't get the impression that Stem wants to rule the world or destroy all humanity. He talks about how... He wanted a body because he wanted to evolve. I think he uses that exact word. So it's more like Stems interested in his own experience. So by getting a human body, oh by the way, he also wanted a human body that had no tech already in it because I guess it could have probably interfered. And Gray, being an anti-tech person, made him you know the perfect kind of fit for it. But the point is that Stems ending seems more to indicate that he's. Like, he's not a villain who has any big global aspirations. He's just developing his own experiences, if that makes sense.
1: Yep. And, uh, I mean, another thing that could be put on the, like, him not wanting a body with any tech in it was just with how easy he was able to remotely get into things. Like, for example, when they're doing the car chase scene, right? And he's looking through, and there's all these analog cars going by and finally finds the one automated car and just backs it through the entire freeway, right? Like, so why would you want anything that could be got into that way, right? So he didn't want to have anything
0: else in the body that could be hacked into, because once his input guards were taken off, no, he's not worried about anything hacking into him. Correct. Yeah, that that makes sense. So, yeah, it, like... I don't remember the last time I saw a movie with an ending like this that made me feel this way. Maybe something like No Country for Old Men that made me really uncomfortable. But, uh, yeah, it was it was a really fascinating movie. And it's funny because we saw Ant-Man and the Wasp later that same day. And Ant-Man and the Wasp was fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It was just, like, after having seen Upgrade, this apparently low-budget but amazing-looking, like, Movie with this really ambiguous, ambiguous quote unquote, but super complex feeling ending. Then to see Ant Man, it just was
1: like almost unfair to Ant Man. (laughs) Uh, I mean, another thing that I really enjoyed about it though was, you know, how you're talking about how there's there's so many twists at the end. The fact that they got away with doing so many just back to back, because usually, you know, you you run into movies like the Shyamalan movies, right, where you're like, oh, they were in the village the whole time, like that kind of stuff is super, you know, you start losing, why do I care anymore if there's, like, four twists? But I was generally happy that every time they pulled the mask off the Scooby-Doo villain that, you know, like, oh, it was Old Man Smithers. Oh, it was Old Man Smithers' second cousin, Dave. Like, and I I wasn't mad about it. I was just like, oh, okay, this is... Uh, yeah, so...
0: <laughs> I think oh, about time we got to wrap this up, but if, if we haven't got it across that, you know, not only is this movie really good, but that ending like elevates it to another level. It is, it is definitely a B movie, but it is like the best kind of B movie, like a solid B plus if we're giving it a, uh, a letter grade, right? It's, it's definitely one of the best experiences I've had at the theaters for a while. And uh, I don't know if I want to see it again, maybe, just the action scenes, which, like I said, are filmed, like, really fascinatingly, but uh, it's that kind of movie that, because of how it makes me feel, I'm not sure if I need to experience it again, but I'm really glad I experienced it.
1: Yeah, you, you have any closing thoughts? I mean, definitely, it's something that I would love to see, just to see the reaction, because, again, seeing it with you guys was super interesting, because when I came out, like, you guys are like, oh, man, like, I which is great. Then you kind of had the uh, that emotion at all. But I, this is the kind of movie that I would have people watch just to see the reaction at the end, right? Because when I saw that, that was another part that made me love it so much. Is everyone's reaction around me?
0: Yeah, it's definitely the kind of movie that we all want to talk about afterwards too. Which you know, there are plenty of movies that you, you go, you see, you enjoy, but like you're done with. Like I remember uh, late last year, I saw. Uh, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, and that was a really fun movie, but I didn't have anything I wanted to say about it. Or actually, even a better example, like I said, just saw Ant-Man, and I don't really have anything to say about Ant-Man. It was a Marvel movie. It was good. But Upgrade, um, there's a reason why we're doing this buckler to talk about it. Like, it was, it's just great to think about.
1: Definitely. It's one of those movies that does make you kind of think, and if you are going to see it, like, I definitely recommend seeing it with someone so you can have a little chat cuz again as you said you know a man was wasn't a bad movie it just it was just a marvel movie right like yeah so the uh, we saw upgrade in the dollar theater so
0: it it just like hit dollar theaters recently so if you somehow missed it when it was in theaters like we did then uh, and you get a chance to see it in your local dollar theater go tr- treat yourself buy a large popcorn <laughs> i'm not sponsored i'm just saying uh but anyway thank you for listening be sure to like, share, subscribe, leave a comment down below if there's anything like a future podcast, or if you've seen Upgrade and there's anything you want to say about it uh, that maybe we, we didn't mention, you go ahead and, and tell us. Uh, we're now on Twitter and Patreon, and we'll put the links in the thingamabob below. As always, this has been Axel Wright, and Ulrich's not joining me, but thank you again, Wretched, for filling in the him.
1: Yeah, man, anytime. All
0: right, be sure to tune in next time, and as always, stay honorable.